Hey, good afternoon, folks. This is Pastor Larry, lead pastor at Freedom Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join me today. It is Tuesday, November the 22nd. I hope that you're planning on having an awesome Thanksgiving this week. It's Thanksgiving. It's here. It's hard to believe that the year has flown by, but here we are. And I hope that you've entered into this season, or I should say this whole year, and your life with Thanksgiving on the forefront. We're going to talk about today and on Thursday, that's right, Thanksgiving Day, this subject matter, four freedoms that every Christian should be thankful for. Thanks for joining me uh, today. If you're on Facebook, this is going to be part one. If you're on a podcast and listening in on that, this is going to be episode one on podcastwithpastorlarry.com. Again, thanks for being a part of this. Don't forget as you're joining in to hit that like button. Don't forget to share. It's always good to share and comment along the way. I'd love to hear your comments and maybe you have something that... You have to pray about. Well, I'd like to pray with you and for you. Feel free to write that into the comment section, and uh, we'll be glad to look at that, and I'll make sure. And others on our staff will be praying for you specifically. Again, thanks for being a part of this as we're kind of jumping in and starting on this. Just a couple of weeks ago, we honored and thanked what I call the heroes of our country. What am I referring to? I'm referring to our veterans. And here at our church, we even had a veterans luncheon in honor of the veterans who have um, served our country and and their families. So we set up some tables and decorated them and fed them a nice meal. We wanted to serve them and show them how thankful we are and for their sacrifice. And well, this month, and and I think it's great that this month also has Thanksgiving. So there's Veterans Day and Thanksgiving, and uh, Thursdays is coming very quickly. And I hope you have some time off. I hope you have some time to spend with family and friends. But I thought this would fit nicely in with the message of this thought, the four freedoms that every Christian should be thankful for. I know at times we can all be judgmental, right? We can, and we can be unthankful towards just life. Um, We can kind of grow bitter and cynical, uh, maybe even towards people, and yes, even towards God. I believe we have to constantly stay focused on being thankful and demonstrating our thankfulness. In other words, living it out. However, it's kind of a shame that sometimes we're only thankful or we even only thank God when it's a set time. Think about this. Do you only thank God at a set time? Maybe just at Thanksgiving. And yes, we come together in whatever tradition you have with your family or whatever you're choosing to do. Maybe you're choosing to be out of town, and that's awesome. Sometimes we kind of gather around and we go around the table and ask each person what they're thankful for, and that is special. But I think it's sad when that's the only time we give honor and thanks 
to God. You know, I believe that thanks and thanksgiving ought to be year-round. For a Christian, it shouldn't just be a season of thanks. It should be more of thanks living. Did you catch that? Thanks living. We live in a heart and a season of our life, our entire life, with thanks in our hearts and minds. And after all, who should be more thankful than the Christian? So sometimes we only give thanks at a set time. But what about we only give thanks when things are going great? Yeah, I think we all can identify with this. If the only time we are thankful is when God is blessing visibly, then that is a sign truly of spiritual immaturity, not maturity in our life, right? Because Job said this, and Job is a great book. Job went through so much heartache, so much trials, and he had a lot of problems. I mean, a lot came against him. But listen to what Job said, such a great perspective, and probably one that you and I ought to refer to often. Job said in Job one twenty one, the Lord gave and the Lord takes away. That sounds pretty tough, doesn't it? But I want you to listen how Job responds to this. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But regardless, Job said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, today, I want to share with you, and on Thursday, yes, even on Thanksgiving, four things or areas that I believe every born-again believer can thank God for, no matter what the circumstances are in our life. In all of these faults and these points, there'll be four. I'll share two with you today and the last two on Thursday. All of these have the word freedom in them. Four freedoms that you and I can thank God for as we go into this season of Thanksgiving. Let me give you the first one. The first one, as we're thinking of giving thanks, is this. We should give thanks for the freedom to worship and serve God as you please. Let me repeat that. Let's give thanks for the freedom that you and I have to worship our God and serve Him as we please. You can do worship and serve Jesus without fear and without having to look over your shoulder, right, to see if you're going to be attacked or hauled off to jail. Why? Because we live in a great country. Yes, it has a lot of problems, but we live in America, and it may not always be that way, but right now we're still protected, and we live in the freedom that has been paid by many men and women in the past and currently and in the future to fight for our freedom. Our freedom to do what? Worship and serve God as we please. That is something to be thankful for, isn't it? Yet, maybe there are other Christians, and there are other Christians that 
maybe we take it for granted. And I think all of us do this at certain times because it's just life. We are human. And sometimes we don't know what it's like to live in hiding, right? Because our Christian beliefs or for our living in fear of being persecuted, yet there are many of our brothers and sisters around the world who do not have the freedom that you and I do. If you were to bring them over here in America, guaranteed they would not take this liberty and this freedom that you and I have for granted. They would more than likely lift up their heads and their hands in thanksgiving to God for the freedom that they have to worship Him and serve Him as they please. I'm afraid that the old adage is true. Familiarity breeds complacency. This may be true in America. Some people hate America. Some people knock our values and even burn our flag. And I resent that. And I'm appalled at that. And you should be as well. And and my thought is, maybe a place like Syria or Iraq or Iran and may, may other countries that is led by dictatorship or radical Islamics would be a better fit for them. Because I'm going to tell you, compared to other countries, America is great. I want to read you a thought here, and it, it comes from a book, and, and you ought to get this book. I, I believe in reading, and I believe um, it's good to read good books and learn about the sufferings and persecutions of other Christians. And in a book entitled, Fox's Books, Book of Martyrs, and there's a series of them. You ought to get that in your library. But I want you to listen to this thought. As we thank God for our freedoms in America, not everyone has this in other countries. There are Christians who still suffer for their faith in 38 restricted and 14 hostile nations. There are 38 and 14 hostile nations, restricted nations out there that do not give this liberty and freedom. Countries like Cuba, Korea, China, Vietnam, and Ethiopia have been restricted to worship God and believe on him for more than 40 years. And there are Christians who have People who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ who are being tortured for Christ. And that would be another good book for you to read. Not just Fox's Book of Martyrs, but another book entitled Tortured for Christ. I think it would give us a better perspective and thankfulness for the freedom that you and I have today to worship God and serve him. So not only should we be thankful for the freedom to worship and serve God as you please, but let me give you the second freedom today to be thankful for, and that is the freedom from your past. (laughs) Yes, isn't this awesome? The freedom from your past. 
Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, if any person is in Christ, they have put their faith and trust in Jesus. The Bible says he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Praise God for this. When Jesus applies his blood to us and forgives us of our sin, he wipes the whole slate clean. Wouldn't you like to go back in your life and be able to hit the control alt delete button? Wouldn't it be wonderful to have that magic eraser and be able to wipe out some things in your past? Here's the good news. You and I can't do that, but according to our sin and our past, Jesus does that. He gives you and I a clean and fresh start. And if you're like me, um, I know I don't deserve this. And I know how much I have messed up. And I don't know about where you are on the page with this, but I am so thankful to be reminded that I am free from my past. All the sins that we have committed before we were saved have been washed away by the blood of Jesus. And by the way, never to be remembered by God. He will never remember them again. And I think this is amazing. The Bible says, right, that he's removed it from us as far as the east is from the west. Isaiah 43, 25 says, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions. This is what Jesus said, for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. This is good news. And what a call to give thanksgiving for. Some people will live their whole life in guilt and frustration because of some sin they have committed, and they carry with them so much shame, and it's overwhelming. But if they could just realize, and maybe this is you, if you could just realize and see that through Jesus Christ, through him, there is forgiveness and freedom from all your past sins and failures. Listen to Psalm 103, verse 12. 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west. I just quoted this. So far hath he removed our transgressions from us. This is good news. Only Jesus can take a murderer, a blasphemer, like the Apostle Paul, who wrote 13 books, letters of the New Testament. Here is a guy who caused so much injury to the church. He was persecuting Christians, but only Jesus could take a guy like that. Churches today wouldn't allow this guy in their church. They they surely wouldn't let him teach a Sunday school class. Or a Bible lesson, become a deacon, but Jesus chose him. Jesus used him, and he made him a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is 
amazing. I want us to look at a few verses or maybe listen to a few verses about this in Acts. We're going to look in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8, to start with verse 3. This is so good. But Saul ravaged the church, entering house by house and dragging out both men and women and committing them to prison. Yep, this is the same guy who became the apostle to the Gentiles. This is the same guy that Jesus chose to write 13 letters of the New Testament. In Acts chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, Saul, this is Paul, his name was Saul, then it was changed to Paul, still breathing out threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. What was he doing? Requested letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any there of the way, either women or men, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. This is incredible. Here is a guy who wreaked havoc and caused so much division and problems among Christians. They feared this guy, but his life was changed. And God didn't use his past against him. He changed his life. Paul came to know Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 9, verse 20 and 21. Immediately, Okay, this is Paul. This is Saul. After he had seen the risen Lord, after Jesus appeared to him, he met him on the road to Damascus. So Paul was going to persecute more Christians, and Jesus enters into his life, changes his life, gives him eternal life. He comes a child of Christ. And then verse 20. So we just learned about what Paul did. And now in Acts chapter 9, verse 20, it says, immediately he preached in the synagogues that Christ is the Son of God. Man, just a few chapters back, just a little while ago, here's a guy who was hurting Christians. And now he's wanting to reach people for Christ. All who heard him were amazed and said, listen to this. Is this not the one who killed those who called on this name in Jerusalem and came here with that intent to bring them bound to the chief priest? Yes, it is. That is the goodness of our Savior. That is why we ought to give thanks for God, for the freedom from our past. Paul had a past, but God used him mightily. The Bible says in Acts chapter 9, verse 23, after many days had passed, the Jews arranged to kill him. They're like, man, we're not so sure we can trust him. They weren't sure if this was true and legit. They weren't sure about the life change that Paul had experienced through Jesus Christ. After all, they had reason to fear him because he had been persecuting them and causing injury to the church, the people of God. Yet God erased his past. In verse 26, it says, When Saul had come to Jerusalem, this is still Acts 9, verse 26, he tried to join the disciples, but they all feared him, not believing he was a disciple. 
And then in verse 29 of Acts 9, and he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenist, but they tried to kill him. You know, Paul's not the only one that became freed from his past and God used him mightily. Let me give you a few, run down a few others' examples in the scriptures. In Joshua chapter 2, we hear about Rahab, the harlot, yet God used this individual for his glory. In Hosea, we read about Hosea and his wife, Gomer, who was not a godly lady. As a matter of fact, she's referred to such strong language because she gave her body away and sold herself as a whore. Yet, God kept sending Hosea to go after her. It was a picture of the redemption of Jesus Christ. No matter the sin, no matter the past, God still loves us and desires a relationship with us. We read in John chapter 4 about the woman at the well. Yeah, who had many husbands, and the one that she was living with was not her husband. And yet Jesus speaks to her. And immediately she knew that he was the Messiah. And he changed her life. And what do we find from John chapter 4? She ran back and said, Come and hear and see a man who told me all the things that I have ever done. Her life was changed. But she had a past. We think about John chapter 8 where we read about the woman who was caught in adultery. And there were people who were accusing her, brought her to Jesus, ready to stone her. And asked Jesus, what should we do with her? Shouldn't we kill her? Because the law requires that we stone her. And Jesus wrote something in the sand, which we aren't sure. We can make a lot of assumptions. But Jesus did say something. And he said to the accusers, Hey, you who are without sin, cast the first stone. Silence and stones began to drop. And he looked at the woman and said and asked her, Where are thine accusers? And she said, They aren't here. He said, And neither do I. Now go and sin no more. You've been freed from this. Your life has been changed. Go and live godly. What, what an incredible story and reflection. There's also we read about in Mark chapter 5 and Luke chapter 8 about the maniac at Gadara. This person was nuts, crazy, cutting themselves, right? Running around in the graves and gardens where people, the graveyard where people had been buried. Everyone knew him as crazy. And rightfully so, because that's what he was. But then all of a sudden they saw him. And the Bible says he was in his right mind. And they questioned, is that not the maniac? Is that not the crazy guy? What happened to him? Jesus entered in and changed his life forever. And so as you enter into Thanksgiving, which is just in a couple of days, thank God for the freedom that you have to worship him and to serve him as you please.
Give thanks to God for that. Then also, thank God for the freedom that you have from your past. Hope this encourages you today. On Thursday, I'll give you the last two freedoms that we should be thankful for. But until then, I want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. God bless you. Thank you for being with me today. Until then, take care.